Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, welcome to the latest Leicester Mercury, Leicester City podcast, Dilly Ding Dilly Dong. I'm Rob Tanner, the Leicester City correspondent for the Mercury, and here with my, co- my colleague James the Sharp and Sharp. And we'll be uh, discussing Leicester City's encouraging FA Cup win over Everton at the weekend and the transfer business with um, Wilfred Ndidi coming into the club and some news on Serbi, Francesco Serbi as well. So, uh, uh, James, you were there with me at uh, Goodison and it was a bit of getting back to basics for Leicester City, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, again, the first half didn't uh, leave much to be desired, but... Second half especially was a lot better, and uh, especially the performance of Wilfred and Didi. Obviously, all eyes were on him to see whether he would get a start, and Ranieri did that, um, and he was impressive. I mean, his first contribution was to out-jump Romelu Lukaku to win a high ball, which isn't the easiest thing to do. Um, he leapt like a salmon, he did, it? yeah. Uh, I think a lot of players, as Ranieri often tells us about, the transfer market and how a few of the players haven't really got up to speed yet. He also says that a lot of players need time to settle in. Um, but some, like we saw with the little French bloke that now plays for Chelsea, we don't like to mention very often, they are kind of ready-made for the Premier League. Their natural pace of the game suits the Premier League. I know it was the FA Cup, but it's essentially Premier League opposition. And it felt like he could hit the ground running. And it felt like he looked like he would be able to deal with the, the pace and intensity of what would be the Premier League. So that was encouraging, and he fitted in well alongside Papi Mendy and Danny Drinkwater. So I thought that was very promising. So as debuts go, it, it wasn't. It was quite a good one. Well, he certainly made an impact at the club, because Craig Shakespeare said before the game that they weren't actually planning on starting the Diddy at Everton. They were going to give him a bit of time because he'd only had two training sessions. But the way he trained and the way he performed at Beaver Drive, convinced them that he was ready to, to go in. And it's interesting as well that City have looked a lot more strong in uh, defensive midfield now with Mendy coming back, Nididi coming in, and the change to a three-man midfield, which we think is quite uh, notable. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting how quickly kind of perceptions change because it's not, not all that long ago that people were all saying, they're so threadbare in centre midfield. We've only got two fit centre midfielders, only Andy King and Danny Drinkwater are fit. What's going to happen if... And not it's injured. Now you look at it, and you've got Mendy back, and Diddy there, Drinkwater there, King, Amate. Obviously, after the African combinations, but he's looking like he's finally finding his feet. Matty James also back to fitness, although we're obviously expect he may well go out alone. But there's now quite a few good central midfielders there for Rennie to pick from. But I think that the three-man midfield has made Leicester look a lot more compact, a lot stronger. Obviously, there's there's less responsibility. The responsibility defensively is shared between them, which allows them to be freed up. The drink water now looks a bit more free to be able to dictate tempo a little bit more. So we've seen it now in the last few games, the three men in midfield, and I think I think it's the way to go. To be honest, it makes them look a lot more solid defensively. He's just just taken two 
extra centre midfielders to replace the one they lost in Kante, isn't it? But the problem, I suppose, the flip side of that is creativity, and there mm. hasn't been a massive amount of that in uh, recent performances. Uh, but it's fantastic to see Ahmed Musa, a lad that struggled really to adapt to the English football. Uh, have such a, a positive impact, a match-winning impact off the bench. Leo Lijoa uh, limped off with a, a thigh strain, which has been assessed, and he's got to be a major doubt now for the Chelsea game on Saturday. But uh, Moose's performance was excellent. Yeah, and where do you think a lot of the problems have been really? Where where's his best position? Where does he fit in? Because when he played in Russia, he never played in the front two at all. He was kind of on his own in the middle or out wide, and he's said already he likes to play out wide but down the middle he's only looked good against Everton where do you see him really fitting in for his best potential? Well he, he seems more comfortable out wide but he's devastating pace he's been a frustrating player for me he's very similar to Jamie Vardy and he's got electric pace which if you ask any defender what thing they, don't, they hate to defend against it's genuine out and out pace but in the past we've seen him run at players and you're sitting there going go on take him on go on use that space turn on the afterburners yeah. And he doesn't do it. He checks back and he makes a pass. But uh, we saw on Saturday when he come in, and I, th- I think this is similar to Jamie Vardy. He likes playing down the middle when he's got nobody else alongside him because he can go either way. He can go into any channel. He's got a lot of freedom. And what a goal for the second. The, uh, the wonderful weighted pass from Danny Drinkwater with the one-two for Musa, and a great finish giving the keeper the eyes to put it in the same side of the net. So uh, we saw his potential there. We've just got to see it more often. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, there was also a bit of news as well. There was another debut. Forget Nadidi. Bartos Kapuska is only about six months after he signed for the club. Two million pound deal, possibly rising to four. Highly rated Poland international, but he's not featured at all whatsoever for Leicester City until Saturday. Yes, and while Nadidi's first contribution was to win ahead against Lukaku, uh, Kapuska fell over and then got a yellow card in the first three minutes and being on. So it wasn't exactly the biggest. Impression, but there was a bit at the end where he he got a shot away on goal. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, he's an example, I suppose, of taking time to get used to the Premier League and getting used to the way Leicester play. I don't know. He's been a bit of a frustrating one, really, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because he came with all these kind of high hopes of being this Euro 2016 wonder kid, but we've not really had a chance to see that. Well, well Claudio's always said he's not ready and when he came on although it was only eight minutes it took him a while to, to get up to speed yeah. didn't it really and uh, you know, we'll have to see what happens with him what transpires there's a bit of uh, speculation over whether he could go out on loan or not I mean Can he, though, yes, that's the thing and the FIFA rules um, he can't be registered with a third club in, uh, in the same season and he played for Cocovia in July uh, so we suspect that uh, a loan move unless it's to a championship club there's a bit of a grey area about leagues crossing over each other and when they start so we're not sure is the simple uh, answer to that. But uh, there is some continued speculation about Jeff Schlupp. Uh, now, Jeff Schlupp has been linked with West Bromwich Albion. They had a failed bid for him in the summer. But Kapuska was preferred in the squad on Saturday uh, ahead of uh, Jeff. And I think that really says it all about where Jeff's future now lies. Um, so we'll see over the next uh, couple of weeks that uh, whether Jeff is going out on loan or on a permanent transfer, but I certainly think we won't be seeing Jeff Schlupp uh, in uh, February in a Leicester City shirt. What do you think about that? Do you, uh, is it, is it, obviously fans love to see their own players coming through from the academy system and making it in the first team, which Jeff obviously has, um, but it does feel a sense now that something has to happen in his career because like he's kind of 
stalled a little bit here. And yeah. I suppose he's a little bit disappointing because... He's reached the same crossroads as Liam Moore. He's not getting games. He needs play. He's, he's such a versatile player that uh, it probably goes against him in many ways because he's not going to secure a regular spot in one position. Uh, he could play left-back, left-midfield, play as a striker. That's the position he came through uh, the ranks and uh, made his debut playing. So I think it's just down to the fact that Jeff's not getting any game time. There's a lot of players ahead of him now in the pecking order. Claudio Renier can't guarantee him regular football the lad wants to go out and play, which is fair play to him because a lot of players will sit on money, on good money, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and not worry about too much about playing. But he wants to play, he wants to further his career. So I think it's an inevitable parting of the ways between the, the two. A shame, but that's football. And whilst uh, one leaves, there might be a scope for others coming in. We've uh, had a bit of news about Francesco Acerbi. There, uh, his uh, Italian club sporting director has stated that Leicester City have expressed an interest and we understand they had a bid of around £8 million rejected. He's now saying that he's not going to be going in the January transfer and if Leicester want to talk again, they can talk in the summer. Uh, Claudio was asked about Serbi, wasn't he, in the press conference that you attended after the game whilst I was in the mix zone. What did he have to say? Uh, Well, he did his usual usual reply of just speculation, just speculation. But then bear in mind, the week before when... He was asked about. I asked him about Undidi, and he replied by, "You know, sorry, who's that? I've never heard of him." And then he turns up a, a day later. Um, so we can never always take um, Claudio's uh, shrugging off a transfer. Yeah. Um, He'd really only been asked about Undidi about ten times. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, he said. Well, he gave his usual reply of, um, "It's just speculation, just speculation." But then did say afterwards, "We will wait and see if something can happen." Now he may well have been talking more generally about other players coming in or as we've made but he, he could be hinting that he's waiting to see how these negotiations go on yeah I mean just because the sporting director says he's, he's, he doesn't want to do business doesn't he say that necessarily that business no. can't be done and we know how these games are played and certainly they're played in a more public manner uh, on the continent than they are on these shores so I think that's one of those we wait and see with bated breath but I certainly don't think the Diddy's going to be the only Signing Leicester City are going to make in January. I'd still think they'll, there's a bit of business to be done, and if they can't get uh, a Serbi, then they'll certainly try and get, in, get another centre back in. Do you feel that Jeff Schlupp will be the only one going out, or do you feel there's anyone else going out? Because you, obviously Leo Ujoa looked at one stage like his future at Leicester may well have been uh, debatable whether he would stay, but it looks now like he's, he's well, before his injury, of course, he was having more of an impact. So, do you, do you expect yep. Leo to stay or to? Well, I think with Slomani away, the injury is going to be a problem. If that's a long term injury, if that's going to keep him out for six weeks, then I can't see many clubs wanting to take him on a temporary basis for the remainder of the season. Uh, his agent also said that the club had blocked any uh, move away, that Leo had wanted to go out and get some games, but the club had said no because of Slomani's involvement in the Africa Cup of Nations. So, um, it will, will, I think a lot will depend on, on the severity of that injury, but it looks like Leo will be staying one way or the other. Uh, the other one uh, interesting is uh, Johan Benalouan. Uh, he uh, tweeted something, didn't he, on Saturday after the, uh, the, the, when he's left out of the squad about not getting chances, not being given any chances. So uh, it looks like his days might be numbered as well with Leicester City, but it's going to be an interesting few weeks ahead. And an interesting evening ahead as well. We've got the FA Cup draw yeah. tonight. Now, a lot of debate about the magic of the cup and where's it, where's it gone. Has it lost its luster? Uh, when you saw Liverpool against Plymouth, yeah, great that Plymouth got a replay. Very romantic. You'd say the romance is alive, but that was Le- Liverpool's youth team 
they, they got a nil nil draw against. It does sort of taint it a little bit. You aren't going to see that. You aren't going to see the magic of the FA Cup when TV companies consistently pick the big teams through the TV games, and the big teams are only going to be their second string 11s. It's always, it's always going to happen. So you aren't going to get the magic of the FA Cup there. The magic of the FA Cup is in the non-league sides like the Suttons and the Lincolns of this world battling through and making the getting their place in the forefront. They're the games that people want to. And that's where the magic lies. Um, but I don't. I really, I'm really, really excited about this draw tonight. I didn't, I didn't think I would be, but I'm genuinely excited now for this draw because I think Leicester have got a real chance at this now. Haven't they? Like six Premier League teams are already out of the cup. It's a cup that has been so elusive to Leicester over the years. I mean, if we can just avoid getting a Premier League team in the next round, then I think Leicester have got a good chance of, of having a go at this. And I think that would. I mean, a lot of kind of disappointment about Leicester's Premier League, um, Premier League kind of title defence this year. A lot of aside from that, the Champions League has been brilliant, a wonderful adventure. But the domestically, it's been a bit disappointing, really. But I think a run at the FA Cup, guaranteed survival in the Premier League, a run at the FA Cup to either a Wembley semi-final or whatever more. A run at that, I think, would, would give Leicester fans, especially, a, a, an enriched sense of domestic purpose this season. So I'm really, really excited, but we just know we're going to get Spurs on. We're, well, well, we always get Spurs. They always get a Premier League side. The last six draws been a Premier League team. I mean, surely, surely this time, they can, Leicester can avoid getting a Premier League team and get a team that's winnable and get to the next round and then see where we can. So I think, I think there's a real chance of having a run at this. Oh, it's, obviously it's the elusive uh, competition isn't it it's the most uh, final appearances without actually winning it uh, Leicester City I think it, it would really be the icing on the cake if uh, if Leicester City could uh, go on and claim a first ever FA Cup to go with the Premier League title but uh, we'll wait and see there's still a long long way down the road to Wembley and uh, Leicester City have got other uh, irons in the fire as well in terms of securing their Premier League status and, and there's a small matter of Seville in the Champions League to look forward oh, to next month well, yeah, yeah we've forgotten about that but uh, um, but so join us uh, next time on the podcast later this week when we'll reflect on uh, Claudio Ranieri's press conference and uh, and look ahead to Chelsea the visit of Chelsea and the return of the man who cannot be named on this podcast and up against Wolf and the Diddy and uh, so join us with Dilly Ding Dilly Dong next time